Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. Today we got a Q&A. Yes, we got a lot of questions. Instagram questions, some good, some not so good. We'll see. Some weird ones. Yeah. Some weird ones in there. There usually is. So go follow me and ask me some weird questions. Sometimes they turn out good. Sometimes they turn out really funny. Yeah. Sometimes I answer them. Yeah. I actually, I did. I make a You you answer a lot of them on your. Yeah. I make a really good point to make sure I answer every question. On Instagram. Yeah. Unless it's something that like, I just don't know. Oh, I'm very selective of what we'll answer here. But if I just don't know it, or if it's just like something just like ridiculous, then some people do like fuck around mm. and try to like mess with me. Somebody goes, "Do you ever feel lucky to be you?" I know. <laughs> I was like, "Keys." I, I feel like I, I, no. It was like, when was the last time you felt lucky? Yeah. to be you. Yeah, that was Ariel. And oh. knowing her, I took it a completely different way. Oh. So like, the way I took that, which I think we're gonna do that today, or no, is that on the last one? That was on the last one. I yeah, think. I don't know if it's on this one. Um. Because I circled all of her questions. She had a lot of good ones, mindset ones. But the way I looked at that is like uh, like uh, gratitude versus uh, chance, if that makes sense. So like if I'm lucky, like this happened to me by chance. Mm-hmm. If I'm grateful, it happened to be because I created it, worked hard for it. You know what I mean? So like my first answer was Blakely. Second yep. answer was something else I can't remember. But then I said, like, oh, but also I don't believe in luck. I think everything happens. Hard be- work. Yeah, from things. It's not happening by chance. And when it does happen by chance, it's your job to to take that and, and apply it or pass it forward to somebody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, however, before we get into today's podcast, we do want to bring up one of our free guides. Because, guys, you're listening to this podcast, so obviously you love free information. That's a, a fact, right? Because we give a lot of it podcast is free. This podcast is completely free, believe it or not. You did not pay for this. We haven't asked for your card. He said, believe it or not. <laughs> but we also have a lot of free guides, and I don't talk about them enough. So if you go to the, I almost said the, if you go to tailoredcoachingmethod.com slash guides, there's a whole bunch of free shit. So much free shit that we actually removed all of the eBooks that you would pay for. And we either recreated them or replaced them with the same quality, but they're free. So today I want to talk about the training physique manual or the physique training manual. It's one of the things I titled it, but I can't remember. Um, and it's literally, it's your guide to program design is really what it is. It's, it's going to break down volume, frequency, intensity, training splits, uh, tension on the muscle, exercise selection, execution and form, tempo. Rest, like It covers everything that you have to consider when it comes to writing a good program. And then it gives you a sample program to run with. So you can actually leave it and just go train. And better yet, you can write your own programs afterwards. Um, so go check that out, guys. Like I said, uh, tailoredcoachingmethod.com slash guides, but we'll also put a link to the exact guide that I'm talking about in the description of this podcast because I can't remember the URL off the top of my head. Um, but we'll make sure to put the opt-in page in this uh, description. You can go grab that. It is completely free and it's going to teach you everything you need to know about program design, specifically for the everyday person. I forgot to mention that because it's the uh, the title of it is the Physique Training Manual and it's like the guide for the everyday gym goer who wants to look above average. So basically people like us who do not compete in anything, 
but you would love to look like a bikini athlete or a physique bodybuilding athlete as close to it as you can on a regular basis. This guide is for you. I'm going to teach you how to do that. Um, so that's the last of my spiel. I won't continue going on and on, but go check that out. Coachmethod.com slash guides. Dope. All right. We're going to get out into the first question here. And the first question is from Andre Corzom. Andre Corzom. It's not Zoom. It's Zom. Mm. All right. He says, uh, which, wh- what do you think is better? Fewer, larger meals in the day or le- less large, fewer meals or smaller meals? Yeah. But more of them? Large, fewer meals or smaller meals? I think it should be fewer large meals or more smaller meals. There you go. There you go. Grammar 101. Um, or punctuate. No, that's not punctuation. Large, fewer meals or Dirty. smaller. I, t- I told Brittany on the phone, we we're talking about writing for, for the business for us and everything. And I said, write good. So I was like, we were just like, really got to write good. Oh and she was God. like, yeah, I agree. And I was like, wow, that's ironic. I meant write well. <laughs> very bad time to use the wrong language, but, um, or vocab. So, um, I think this is personal preference, 100% for everybody. So, you know, once upon a time, it was like this whole, like six meals a day, you got to keep the metabolism stroking because they knew that when you eat food, you do stroke your metabolism, your metabolism speeds up when you ingest calories. So the, the thought process, which I will say it was, it was, uh, it was a well thought out theory at a time when we didn't have that much research on the subject. Well, if food makes your metabolism speed up, let's eat more meals because then your metabolism will go faster, right? Um, however, what they, they realized later on is that it's just calories. So uh, it's not necessarily the meal size or the meal frequency. It's the total calories per day. So if you had 2,000 calories and you ate three meals or you ate six meals, there would be no difference from a metabolic perspective. Um, how much is that going to affect your metabolism? It's not going to be any different. So at the end of the day, it comes down to your preference. Like how many meals per day do you enjoy eating? Um, if you don't have a preference, my suggestion is usually four to five meals a day. Um, there are some people that, you know, a three meal structure works good with like intermittent fasting because they just, they're busy. They don't like eating in the morning. Um, even some days I'll do like a, I did this this morning, a modified, they would call it a modified protein sparing fast. And what that is, is where you, there's two ways that you can go about this. The, the, the normal way is on a super low calorie diet, you would basically just have protein. So I might wake up, have a protein shake, wait a few hours, have another protein shake, wait a few more hours, and then actually have a meal. Super low calorie. It's a way to be in a big deficit, but have some protein. So you're not just fasting the whole time. Um, for me, I woke up and I was just doing busy work. Really, I was writing newsletters and copy for some of the stuff that we have coming up. And uh, I looked at the clock and was like, oh shit, I have a call in 10 minutes with Brittany. So I literally threw a few scoops of protein in the shaker, grabbed my fish oil and all that, and I just left. Got here, finished call, drank that. That was my breakfast. Hits my protein needs, like gives me a little satiation, but way more, less calories. Tonight, I'm gonna have more calories to play with. So there's times where you can adjust it like that too. But for the most part, four to five meals a day tends to work well because if you're, if you're under eating, it gives you more opportunities to hit your calories, right? Because if you, if you have a problem with not eating enough calories by the end of the day and you're only eating three times a day, you're giving yourself less opportunities to get calories in. Totally. Probably not a good idea. Um, if, and that goes if you're under eating, trying to diet, or if you're under eating, trying to gain. Um, on the reverse, if you have trouble staying within your calories, 
typically less meals per day is better, but four to five is still at a good frequency because you can go to four, you're still getting optimal muscle protein synthesis, you're still getting big meals, and uh, and it's still satiating. Yeah. So that's that's typically what I do. I have breakfast, lunch before my workout, dinner, and then I have a snack at night. Four meals, they're all decently sized. If I get real low calorie, I'll go to three meals because I'm dropping calories, but each meal gets bigger. So now I feel like I'm eating more food each sitting, and that's a little bit more mentally. I'm not eating more food by the end of the day, but mentally it's easier for me to look at my plate and see a big meal and be like, yes, I'm not dieting. Yeah. Um, at a certain point, nothing matters. You're dieting, and it just it sucks. You're dieting. It's a diet. <laughs> it's yeah. a diet. So, um, But point being, all these scenarios, it's just it's preference, you know? I always look at it for a client. I'm like, what is your schedule like for work? What time of day do you train? Nutrient timing. Nutrient timing, yeah. yeah. Um, what, what's your schedule like for work? What, when do you train? When do you go to sleep? How many meals per day do you typically eat? Because your hunger cues are going to be around that. Um, and how many calories are you eat? What's your goal, you know? And then just go from there. Mm-hmm. I don't think it doesn't matter. Um, <coughs> I think when you get below three meals per day, that's when muscle protein synthesis starts to decline or not be as optimal. Listen to the podcast the most recent one I did with Brandon Roberts, RCSO, the Q&A, we talked about muscle protein synthesis and protein timing. Um, and anything less than three meals per day is probably not the most ideal. Yeah. Um, we also have a blog on that. We should link that in the podcast notes too. We separated just that one question and wrote an article on it as well as put the the YouTube video of the podcast on that section in it. Um, and yeah, below three is not optimal. Above five, you get no added benefit really at all. So... He actually asked two questions. Uh, he sa- said, can you tell us about your eating schedule? Oh, cool. Um, 7 a.m., 11.30 a.m. to 12 p.m. Um, intra-workout carbs at 3.34 p.m. while I'm training. Dinner is at 5.36. Dessert's at 9 o'clock, 9.30. Um, meal one, and this is like just changed because we just dropped calories, but... For a while, it's like my typical, so typically what I do is I'm going to lay out what I typically eat, and then as I diet, I just make substitutes, right? So like every morning I have eggs, for example. When fat got lower, it went from like two or three whole eggs in there to like one or none because I'm reducing fat. Um, As carbs reduced, it went from eggs and oats to just eggs or steak and rice to just steak and veggies. So I make adjustments like that, but typically breakfast is an egg scramble, egg whites, usually one or two whole eggs cooked in coconut oil with spinach in there. Got to put ketchup on it. I can't live without ketchup. Oats, and I usually do oats with uh, powdered peanut butter, so PB2 and either blueberries in there, or if I need to save carbs, I'll put like um, sugar-free syrup in there, maple syrup. And then lunch is typically overnight oats now. For a while, I was doing shredded chicken. This sounds like such a bro meal. Shredded chicken, steamed broccoli, and four slices of wheat bread oh, yeah. with nothing on it. <laughs> and no I mustard? microwave the, I put mustard on the steamed broccoli and then I just microwave the bread. So it's uh, like soft. Yeah. And then I just eat it with the shredded chicken that has barbecue sauce on it, like from the crock pot. Very bro-like, but for some reason I loved it, dude. When calories started reducing, I went back to overnight oats just because it's a little bit more friendly on uh, carbs, but, um, or just calories in general which is usually Greek yogurt, whey protein, oats, uh, quick pack oats, and then blueberries, strawberries, raspberries, whatever berry. Um, I usually rotate them. And then dinner is, has always been just steak, rice with spinach. So totally. I cut up the steak, fry it with rice, and a little bit of olive oil, put it over the rice with like uh, soy sauce, but liquid aminos is usually what I use, organic stuff. 
And then dinner's always casein protein powder, nut butter, and frozen berries. Dessert. Dessert. You already said dinner, but yeah. That's what I meant. Dessert. For sure. Um, and uh, now, right now, I took out the rice from dinner, and I eat roasted vegetables of some kind, broccoli, green beans, something like that. Um, and Where's your took, carbs there? None. Oh, want, good. I want to diet. Uh-huh. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> no then, dinner uh, carbs, huh? Yeah. Well, because it's one of those things where I go, okay, like, you got to pick and choose, yeah. you know? So when I, so at first, like, when I'm, when I'm in maintenance, I'm starting to diet. I have carbs in every meal. Uh, oats in the morning, uh, usually oats or bread or something with lunch, rice with dinner, and then berries with uh, the dessert. And I usually have berries in the one of those other meals as well. Um, so I get two servings of fruit a day. And then when I cut carbs the first time, it's like, okay, do I want oats at breakfast or do I want rice post-workout for dinner? A lot of people would think rice post-workout to replenish glycogen. Truth is, is, is like I got enough glycogen. I'm not going to – I don't need to replenish it immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, I need protein more than anything. And also, I go home, I'm not doing shit. I'm playing with Blakely and then go to bed. Like, so I would rather have oats in the morning because if I have more calories in the morning, I have more energy throughout the day. While I'm here working, that's what I want. Um, and then we pulled more calories, so I had to get rid of the oats too. <laughs> so now I don't have oats either. So now it's like just eggs in the morning. Um, that lunch stays the same because I'll choose my pre-workout carb over any other meal. And then um, this is actually a sacrifice. This is where like people have to pick and choose because I'm sacrificing some carbs to have an intro workout shake because I know it's going to help my performance. And while I diet, my performance suffers and I'd rather make sure that I have some intro workout carbs and amino acids. So I have that for uh, pre-workout and then steak and roasted whatever. Yeah. Yesterday I did... Uh, Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Brussels sprouts, green beans, broccoli... Usually that's the rotation. Yeah. Um, but yesterday our neighbor walked over and was like, we don't like zucchini, but we have a zucchini plant. And we're like, or maybe she had too much for something. They're huge. Mm. She just gave us a bunch of zucchini. So we made kebabs, cut up the steak, Fire. kebabs with onion, uh, onion, mushroom. I think there was peppers and then uh, the zucchini and then steak. Wow. And, uh, and the cool thing is we had this marinade my brother gave me from Texas a while back. He sent it up to me. So we used that, put on the Traeger. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Love the Traeger. Big Traeger guy. Huge Traeger. It's like one of the best, probably the best $400 investment I've ever made. Yeah. I wish I would have invested 800 for yeah. the Bluetooth one. Yeah. <laughs> That's just sick. You can just leave and just yeah. leave the smoker on. Bluetooth. That's so sick. And especially because my neighbor at the old house got the, got the Bluetooth one right after I got the yeah. phone. I was like. He's just checking it. I didn't even want him to come over to see ours. <laughs> yeah, we, can, we can grill your house. I got yeah, the same one. We got a barbecue. Yeah, I got the same one. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, we're going to go to the next one, and it is from Rachel Wheeler. It says, do you eat out while you're on a cut? And if you do, how do you track that? Not very often. Um, so there's, there's a few situations here. Uh, situation one, I just don't which is if I'm on a cut, that's probably ideal. I try to avoid it, to be honest with you, because at the end of the day, when I say, I was going to say I can, but really Shannon can cook a meal way better than most restaurants. So it's like I can go out and guess and maybe get it right, but there's probably added oil and I don't know where the ingredients are from a lot. Or I can just have Shannon cook something that is a little bit healthier, but maybe on the like free meal side, you know, and it usually tastes way better. So I, I usually just do that um, instead and we'll do like date, but occasionally we want to get out of the house and then there's date night. So if I'm tracking something like that, I will just look at the menu online. 
I'm going to look before I go. I'm going to see what the leanest option is. I'm going to pick that. I'm always going to add oil on top of it because there always is oil. So if I order, even if I went to a restaurant and just ordered a flaming young steak and had a baked potato and fucking seasonal vegetables, how they yeah. always say, yeah. I'll just put mixed vegetables because who knows what they are, but that'll be close enough. Baked potato, medium size, quote unquote, because that'll be close enough. Decide what kind of toppings I want on it. Add that in. Steak, flaming young. I'll guess it's six ounces. Um, and then I'm probably going to add half or a full tablespoon you of oil. Probably, if you're getting a flaming young, you probably order six ounces. Yeah, they usually have the <clears throat> it on the menu if it is steak. Yeah. But like if you order uh, like a, a chicken or any of those, it's really only steak or salmon that they tell you how many ounces it is. Totally. Which is partially why it's a smart move to make. But um, then I'll just oil like a uh, order or, or put in a half or a full tablespoon of oil on top of that in my fitness pal because I can guarantee they're cooking something in oil and it's better to just be a little bit over than under. And then I base the rest of my day off of that. There you go. You know, it's really simple. Um, if it's a date night and uh, if you're, if there's any parents listening, you know what I'm talking about. If it's a date night and it's been a while since you've been out on a date night. Like when we just went to Toscano's, I was like, damn, I haven't been to a restaurant in months because of all the stuff we've gone through mm. at home and not getting a babysitter, all that shit. I was like, I'm not tracking a damn thing. Yeah. So I still ordered like the steak and stuff because I just like steak. But you're bringing bread to the table at an Italian restaurant? Give it to me. Yeah, I'm fucking eating it. <laughs> um, bottle of wine? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially when it's expensive as fuck. Yeah. Uh, for those listening, our buddy owns, his parents own a wine company and I was like, oh sick, his wine's on the menu, let's order it and then I'm like, oh. Over $100. Yeah. But it's amazing wine. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Um, in those situations, I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to track. I'm going to be moderate, I'm not going to eat the whole damn loaf and I'm not going to go over my like comfort level or be like lethargic and shit yeah. but I'm going to enjoy the night because it's been a while. Now, that morning, I just had protein and vegetables. Like it was like breakfast was an egg white omelet with spinach. Lunch was, I think like, Leftover grilled chicken, I steamed some vegetables. So it's like all low calorie, high protein, all that stuff, just to save room for that dinner. Totally. And that's the best bet because you're doing the best you can, but you're also saying, fuck my fitness, fitness pal when you get to dinner. You're just enjoying your night with your loved one. And I think that's pretty important too. Um, then there's other uh, times where you go out of town. Like we were just in Dallas and I'm at a bachelor party. There's no way I'm tracking my food or anything. But there's also like, you, there's there's ways that you can try your best not to just scarf down food and stuff. You know, like it worked out actually perfectly. I wasn't, I didn't plan this perfectly, but you were like, dude, I want to go to the store. And I had the rental car. They're making cheesy eggs with like whole eggs, bacon, cheese, bread, like all this stuff. I'm like, dope, let's go. Yeah. We left, went to the store and you can get way better options when you leave and go get on your own. And that's typically what I do when I travel. If I travel and, and I have my, if it's me and Shannon, like, like we're going out of town for my birthday, uh, shit, by the time this airs, oh, no, it'll probably be over by now. Um, unless this is next week. It's next week. So. Oh, so my birthday's tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> like that, we have our own, it's just me and her. So like, I, I feel fine. Like I'm bringing in what I want to bring in from the store. You know, mm -hmm. usually when you get a nice Airbnb or hotel or whatever, you have like a little kitchen. You can even with the coffee pot in a hotel, you can not put coffee in it. It'll give you hot water. Bring packs of oats. Put them in a bowl, pour the hot water in totally. there. Boom, you got oats, and then I have a protein shake with it. That's typically my breakfast when I go somewhere. So lunch will be jerky and protein bar, stuff like that. Um, and then dinner, I'll probably enjoy it. But, like, usually I do stuff like that when it's I have more control over it during travel. Um, 
But yeah, for the most part, when I'm doing like a serious cut, I try to avoid going out. I'll go out to eat like once a week and then I just look at the menu ahead of time. You know, unless it's a real special occasion, then I, and I recommend most people do this. See my clients, like if it's a real special occasion, you're on point 90% of the time anyway, just go enjoy it. Yeah. Like if you try to restrict too much, that's what leads to future binges. And if you can learn, I would rather somebody go out and not track and binge and overeat and fuck it up and feel lethargic the next day and be angry at themselves to learn the lesson and to know what it feels like to overeat and just go, okay, next time you go out, we're still not going to track, but you're aware of how you feel the next day, right? And you are aware of how this pulls you back from your goals. Yeah. So next time, hopefully you're not like, or hopefully you are like, I don't want to feel that way. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And next time you're just going to go a little bit better, right? A little bit more moderate. And then they learn, you know, and sometimes you still feel a little lethargic next day, but you get better. So now for me, I can go out and enjoy whatever. And I don't feel like shit the next day. And yeah. it doesn't pull me back from my results. Um, you know, when I'm in Dallas for four days, that's way harder. Yeah. You know, um, and I'm not used to drinking multiple days in a row. The way I'm laughing because the way you said, you know, you eat that much and you don't track and the next day you feel that way. So the next time you don't do that as much. That's how I feel about the way I drink in Dallas. Oh, yeah, I know I'm not going to do that ever again. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm not drinking for a while. Dustin's like, yeah, till like Saturday. I was like, bro, that's in like six days. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. But who knows? I'm trying. I told Joe's last time I'm not drinking until the wedding. Damn. Totally. Yeah. I Dude, feel you though. I feel like a new human. Well, yeah, but you're, you're forced to drink a yeah, lot. Yeah. Like, I mean, there was a full day I didn't drink at all until like we got back and it was time to go to the rodeo and it's like yeah. 8 PM already. Yeah. And everybody's been drinking all day. I'm like, good. But, uh, you. Yeah, I, I, you can't do You can't force me to drink. Yeah. It's not my bachelor party, but, uh, no, but I think that's the best way to go. I think everybody listening who tracks macros just know that it's pretty easy to track when you go out. Everybody has their menu online. Half the people have their menu on MyFitnessPal. You can figure it out. You can also be moderate and enjoy a meal without tracking and it not mess up your results. You just have to be mindful and you have to earn that. So you have to be aware. You have to be cautious and you have to understand how to do it. And if you practice that over time and you're actually aware of what you're consuming and what your hunger levels are and all that stuff, and just know, like, and I tell this to people all the time, like, if I go to a restaurant, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to say, fuck it. I'm going to eat this pasta, right? It's a huge bowl of pasta. That pasta will be there next week, right? I can order it again. There's another free meal in the future. So if I'm full halfway through, push the plate away from you. You can order pasta again. Mm-hmm. It's almost like uh, people get that mentality of like, have to, like, <laughs> like eating it. If you could see me right now, I'm like, crunching over it like Gollum with the ring and you're just like shoving your face because this is my chance, right? You're going to have another chance. I mean, you can do it whenever you want, really. And if you have that understanding and that freedom and you understand, I can eat this shit whenever I fucking want, but the more moderate I am, the more often I can do it without it fucking on my results. Yeah. The better it's going to be. Or it's like people eat it and they're like, it's not gone yet, so it needs to be gone. Dude, I'm super guilty of that. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, oh, yeah. and this is the last thing I'll say, sometimes you have to do that in order to understand like that whole thing of like feeling like shit. I think the moment that I was able to get over, um, overeating and not having moderation. Cause even now I can have drinks and know like, dude, I'm not hungry anymore. Like yeah. I'm good before I couldn't. And, uh, Shannon made curry. This is like right when I met her, it's actually the first time my mom ever met her. Shannon made curry for us and she makes curry in this big crock pot. So good. I love it over rice dude it's amazing i ate like four bowls of it maybe i threw up in shannon's bathroom like right after i met her 
And I was like, I promise it's good. <laughs> I ate four <laughs> bowls of it, but I just couldn't stop. And then it was just like, oh my God. And I literally was like, went to the bathroom and just yacked because it was like too much. And the, the part about me where, you know, I'm a savage with food. Dude, I ate that curry again like two weeks later. Yeah. I have no problem with it. You know, some people are like, oh, I can never eat that again. Yeah. Not a chance. I'll eat that all day. That's, but, because, that's because you puke because you ate too much, not because you didn't like it. Exactly. Um, just eat a little less, you won't puke. Exactly. Yeah. But ever since then, fine. So I'm not saying go to a buffet until you throw up, but I totally. mean, like, sometimes you got to go just to try it. And when you overeat and feel like shit, you get better at not overeating. Totally. So. Cool. That's a great answer. Let's uh, go to this next one. We go to Will P05. He says, what are the advantages and disadvantages of pre-workout powder? I don't know if there's any disadvantages, mm. to be honest with you. Well, I do. This is actually, this is a great, uh, great question. Very simple answer, but it's a good plug for our sponsor, uh, Legion. Um, so obviously this podcast is sponsored by Legion. Uh, and before I say anything else, click the link in the bio or in the description, I mean, and go to buylegion.com slash boom, boom. You can get 20% off. Um, and I would highly recommend based on what I'm about to say, they're stim free pre-workout. Um, and the reason I say that is because if you're like me, you drink coffee, you drink rock stars, you drink both multiple times per day. You drink a lot of caffeine. <laughs> Having a pre-workout with caffeine is probably not the smartest idea, but a good pre-workout has citrulline malate, has beta alanine, has uh, creatine in it sometimes, has caffeine usually, um, betaine, that's the other one I was lo looking for, and beetroot powder and stuff like that. Um, but these things are going to allow you to get a better pump. They're going to allow you to buffer lactic acid faster. They're going to allow you to get more blood flow into the muscle. Um, and at the end of the day, like you feel better training and you're getting a little bit more out of it. You know, like if somebody was like, is a pre-workout going to make or break my results? I would say, no, it's not. But it can give you that 1% edge, right? It's just like creatine. Is creatine going to do much? No. But as it allows you to recover faster and perform better, you might squeeze out just one more rep. And if you squeeze out one more rep on everything you do over weeks and months, that does add up to yeah. a lot, right? Uh, Legion has creatine as well, just so you know. It's called Recover. But, um, or maybe it's Recharge. It's one of the two. But it's like their recovery supplement. But their, their pre-workout pulse, the reason I like theirs is because they have a stim-free version, right? So you got to be aware of pre-workouts for two things. So, so I'll, I'll answer the question exactly after I say this. But you don't want to get a pre-workout that has a proprietary blend, a proprietary blend basically means like this blend and it has all those ingredients I just said, right? Um, and it might have a couple other ones that you're not really sure about, but they're there. And it just says total milligrams, 3,458 milligrams. Mm. And you're like, okay, well, is that like 3,000 milligrams of this like couple things I don't really know that are just fillers? And then all those ones that are actually important, there's like none in there because yeah. they're trying to get by and selling a cheap product and making a lot of profit. Smart idea. Um, but... You can get ones that don't have a proprietary blend, like Legion's, and it'll say beta-alanine, blank grams, betaine, blank grams, citrulline malate, blank grams. And then you can go to places like examine.com, and you can research those exact ingredients and see what the recommended dosage is. By the way, I'm pretty damn sure one of the people on the board of Legion Supplements is the guy from examine.com, oh. which is the leading supplement website in the world. Like, they, they're... So for so much free information on supplements on that website, and we're not affiliated with them, but it just goes to show like Legion invests a lot in the educational side of things, which makes them great. But um, you want to look out for that, so you want to have a pre workout that can tell you what you're doing because when we're talking about it, can you over or under like is there any consequences or negatives of pre workout? If you're taking well, one that has a proprietary blend, you could be taking too much of something you don't even know what it is. 
So there could be a risk. There yeah. could be a negative because he asks, is there pros and cons, right? Yeah. So the con would be if you don't know what's in there, fuck. I don't know what the con could be. Yeah, but you could, I know this is kind of aggressive, but you could take too much pre-workout. Oh, for sure. And that's what I'm going to get to in a second. Okay, okay. So the, the non-stem-free, the regular pulse by Legion has caffeine in it. Yeah. And it has a good dosage of caffeine. And there's nothing wrong with pre-workouts that have caffeine. If you take four scoops of that, you got a problem. Yeah. There's way too much caffeine in a single sitting. Um, but also, if you're taking drinking coffee and rock stars and stuff like that throughout the day like I do, and then you take another high-caffeine pre-workout, it might cause some issues. So the only con that I see inside of pre-workout is if you take too much caffeine. Because most other nutrients and stuff, and I don't know this for sure, but like beta alanine, I would assume like vitamin C and shit like that, if you take too much of it, you're just going to, it's going to run through you for lack of a better term. You're not going to have a fun time. Totally. Your stomach's going to hurt. Yep. It's probably what's going to happen with most of that stuff. Too much caffeine, you're going to have anxiety. You're going to be shaking. Your heart's going to be pounding. You feel like you're going to have, uh, you already are having an anxiety attack, I'm sure. You feel like you're going to have a heart attack. Yeah. That's the only con. But if you're smart with it, if you take one scoop, that's a be, that's a huge health con, like huge. Yeah, it's not, but it's only if you overdo it. Yeah, right. Definitely. But at the same token, this is exactly why I use their stim free one because stim free means stimulant free. Yeah. A stimulant is caffeine. So if there's no caffeine in it, I just get the beta alanine, the citrulline malate, the betaine, all these things that are proven to help me with performance and not, um, oh, and fat loss, muscle growth, things like that. And then I take the caffeine out. And the good thing is that you still get that like little bit of tingly feeling from the beta alanine, mm. which for most people mentally, that's what makes them like go, Oh shit. Yeah. This pre-workout's kicking in. Let's pump. Let's go. Um, so that's what I use. I use the, the, the stem free one from Legion. Like I said, you can get a discount. They sponsor this podcast and they give you guys a 20% discount. If you use the code boom, boom, there's a link in the description. Um, but that's the only con. The pro is going to be better performance, better recovery, um, better ability to buffer lactic acid, which is that burning feeling. Like if you've ever done an assault bike and your quads are just, on fire, it feels like your skin is about to tear. Beta alanine helps you buffer that a little bit so that you can continue to push without that stopping you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I would say those are the pros and cons. I use I use the stim free one literally before every single session. I love it. Dope. All right. Um, let's go to the next one. Is from G Benny. G Benny uh, says, "What brand of uh, ashwagandha ashwagandha do you take, and do you find it to be effective?" I take Swanson, which you can find on Amazon. Um, Swanson, the ultimate ashwagandha, which is like the ashwagandha KSW99 or whatever. And uh, it's just a different type, but that's the one I would recommend. It's cheap. It's easy. Get on Amazon. Um, ashwagandha is proven to be effective. Uh, Brandon Roberts, our CSO, actually did a full presentation for the team on this because he does a monthly educational webinar for the team. Um, and it's a proven supplement. I mean, it's proven to lower cortisol, manage stress, lower anxiety, help recovery. Like it's proven. However, it's, it's like creatine. You're not going to take creatine and go, whoa. Like, I mean, like I would imagine steroids are, I don't yeah. take steroids. So I wouldn't know. But if you take steroids, I'm sure like relatively quickly, you're probably going to look and feel different. You get jacked. You're injecting all these steroids. You're probably going to get big. You're going to feel like on fire. I assume. I don't know. I, I like imagining turning Super Saiyan. <laughs> Inject yourself. You and, that makes me want to do it. <laughs> but uh, with ashwagandha, you take it, and, and like weeks later, you might go, you know what? Like I think I've been sleeping a little bit better. Or like, man, I haven't got a stress. Um, so, what was it? Do I think it's worth it? Was that basically? No, what you well, asked? yeah. Do you find it effective? I do. I think it is effective. But it, it's also like this is where it's hard for me to give that advice. 
I base what I think off of research. So based on the evidence and based on the research and the studies we have on ashwagandha and the price, it's very cheap, I do think it's effective. If you have stress problems all day, I have a couple clients like this that are very, very stress-ridden, very anxiety-ridden. I will have them take it throughout the day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, they're splitting up their dosage. They're on a higher dose of it. Um, For somebody like me who doesn't generally have a ton of anxiety or stress throughout the day, I've, I've done well managing it through other means, I take it before bed and I take all of it before bed. So I'll take 1,000 milligrams or maybe it's 500 milligrams. I got to check the bottle. Um, go to examine.com slash ashwagandha and they'll be able to tell you. But essentially I take that uh, after dinner before bed because it does decrease cortisol and, and lower stress and anxiety, which helps you fall asleep. So, um, and if it's in Good. your system, you're most likely going to be more, uh, you're going to be less stressed on a regular basis. Um, the, the reason I think it's hard for me to base it off personal anecdote is because I do a lot of things in my life to manage stress, right? So like if I'm like, it's ashwagandha, but I also eat well and train and do gratitude in a journal and I go on a walk before I, like before bed, which I do when Blake goes down mm-hmm. and I meditate. It's like, okay, was it the ashwagandha or was which, it this fucking full routine of <laughs> stress reducing results? I don't know. Yeah. But I'm the type that I'm willing to invest $10. It's like 10 bucks and it'll last you two months. Yeah. It's not an expensive supplement. Um, and it's part of that routine. And it's part of that routine. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's my take on it. Cool. All right. Uh, we're going to go to the next one. It's Avalaga. She says, uh, what are your thoughts on the body positivity movement? Mm. Do you know what that is? Uh, I mean, obviously, like, not like, degrading yourself because of your body. Kind of. I mean, I think, that, I mean, they would definitely agree with that. It's it's more along the lines of, like, uh, like the, the feel good at any, or, like, uh, beautiful at any size, or you're good yeah. feel good at any size, yeah. or healthy at any size, or whatever. Well, yeah, that's, so this I is, think beautiful at any size is a different thing. healthy. Than, yeah. And that's the, that's the problem I see. So, um, the way I look at it is this. I agree with it on the, the page of trying to eliminate or, or bring awareness to the negative impact that, um, social media has has had on young women's bodies the body positivity movement is mainly women um, and a lot of it comes from people on social media promoting products or outfits or fashion or plastic surgery or whatever you know and there's a lot of you know this there i mean there's just a lot of people that that are online that make women feel like they need to be extremely thin and they or they're not good enough because they're, they're not, too big exactly yeah. um or even like that, like, oh, I got to get a nose job or I got to get lip injections or I got to get um, tummy tuck or whatever the surgery is. I mean, it's crazy enough to say you can literally, you can alter anything now. Like literally anything. You don't like your knees? <laughs> alter your knees. Was it, was it you this weekend? That's, oh, no, it was Chris. Somebody said you had ugly knees. Sorry, that just popped. I didn't say it because of that, but I remember someone being like, you have ugly knees and we were dying. In our group? Yeah. Someone (laughs) said to Chris he had ugly knees? I'm pretty sure it was somebody in our group that said it. Maybe it was, unless it was somebody random out at the rodeo or the bar or something. But like, I remember him being like, I have ugly knees and (laughs) I was dying. (laughs) It was like so random. But I'm sure you could literally get your knees done. Your elbows done, your wrists done, fingers. You got money. You can do anything. Yeah. Um, So I do think there's, and now here's the thing too. I think there is also a time and a place where if somebody doesn't like their teeth and they give veneers, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. 
If somebody doesn't like their nose and they get a no job, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If somebody doesn't like everything about them and they get everything done because of the influence that social media has on them, there's something wrong with that. Yeah. You know, there's not necessarily something wrong with the person that does it because they're getting negatively impacted. I feel for them. I feel bad for them because now they're self-conscious because of what other people are putting on them. That's not okay. It's the root cause that's the issue. Um, so I agree with it on that point. And you know what? Like I didn't pay attention to it much. I kind of just, I mean, as a guy, I was just like, I mean, whatever, you know, like when I look at guys who like make me more self-conscious, it would be like that dude's jacked. I just, I feel fat now. Like I want to be jacked like that guy. I think women have it way worse, worse because especially like, you know, I do work with some people who are celebrities in a way, you know, on TV and stuff like that. And I've talked to them about people picking them apart on social media. It's fucked up. Yeah. Crazy shit. Like their toes. when you have that many eyes on you. It's insane. You know? Um, and that's a hard conversation to navigate somebody through. And I've like literally done it on the phone and it's tough. But, um, that being said, like now that I have a daughter, that's when I started seeing stuff a lot more and being like, holy shit, you know, and Shannon started pointing stuff out to me and, um, why did it having a daughter make you more aware of it? She's not at the point where like, but I know that in 10 years, she's going to have a fucking social media as sad as that is. Yeah. She's gonna be 13. She's probably gonna want an Instagram. Yeah. She'll probably have a phone. I would imagine. Yeah. No, no, you're not wrong. And I'm scared for her when she's 13. Yeah. So now I'm more aware because I'm like, man, if I can, and I talked to somebody about this the other day, one of my clients that's higher on the totem pole, you know, of, of fame on Instagram stuff of like, you know, they run a podcast and I highly recommend go check out their podcast. Uh, I can't think of the name off the top of my head. They just started it. I know that sounds bad. They just started it, but, uh, Cassie and Jess or Jess was Billy Kay, um, from the WWE. They're no longer with WWE and they started a podcast and they have a full podcast episode. I think it was episode three on body image. And they brought me up a lot because I coached both of them and they had tons of women reaching out to them because they talked about how they used to under eat, how they used to try to be skinnier and now they're eating more and they're training. And do you see the name of it? Yeah. Off her chops. Off her, off her chops. Um, so check that off check that out off her chops, but it's two girls that they go in on these all different topics, but they went on and on about body image and it was powerful. And a lot of people reach out to them. And I think one of the things with it is you have to have hard conversations. And I had many hard conversations with both of them and they strove to change and to eat more food and to train harder. Now they're getting compliments left and right and actually weigh more. Yeah. Right. Um, they don't look heavier. They just look leaner and have more muscle, but you have to change the mindset to go in on that path. Right. Um, but I had a good conversation with her because she has a little niece and we were talking about it. And I was like, man, I don't want my daughter to deal with that, you know? But I think more people need to speak up about that. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm all about the body positivity yeah. movement. I think the there is some that take it a little too far, in my opinion. They start talking about health at any size. And I think that's the wrong approach because it's science. Yeah. If, you're, if you're extremely overweight, I'm not saying you're not beautiful. I'm not saying you can't be beautiful 100%. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be confident. I want you to be. I want you to feel good and love your body always because if you don't love your body, you're not going to change your body. But it is not healthy to be 100 pounds overweight. It's just not. Yeah. It's, it's literally physically shown that you have a higher risk of all-cause mortality, higher risk of heart disease, heart attack, stroke, all these things. Diabetes. Diabetes, hypertension, blood pressure issues, cholesterol issues. So, like, we can't say... It, it, to say, and this is where like everything goes too far in one direction. We ha- like, there's a gray area. There's a middle area that is always in every area of life. It's always a neutral ground that t- tends to be a little bit better. And with this, you know, you can be beautiful. I, I 100% positive, body positivity is great. But at the same time, if we promote health at any weight and it encourages people to not 
work out and eat well to lose weight, then we are encouraging them to die younger yeah. and be unhealthy. And that's a very harsh thing to say, but it's the fucking truth. And that's where like I, as a coach, I like try to step in and be like, okay, let's promote health, uh, mental health and body positivity and confidence and, and not discriminate or shame people for the way they look, but give them kudos and then also empower them to change if they want to, because it's a positive thing to change. But positive in a sense of weight loss. Yeah. You to can, a healthy point. You, you don't want to get like... You can be big, bigger because your structure and still be healthy. 100%. Yeah. Um, but there was magazines and stuff that were trying to promote it. And they would literally have... They, they had obese women on the cover. And it's like health at any size. And it's like confidence at any size. I fucking love that. Yeah. But health, that's not healthy. Yeah. It's not. Because that's... You're asking for a heart attack. And that's not okay. Totally. You know what I mean? So I think we have to be careful with what we promote. However, I definitely 100% agree with the body positivity movement of like, you know, women posting. I mean, Alicia Keys was the first one I really know. She like was like, I'm never wearing makeup again. Yeah. And just stop wearing makeup. Yeah. She's fucking gorgeous. Yeah. So it's like, that's dope. Like stuff like that is super dope. Yeah. I love that. Um, unfortunately, we don't see a ton of that. We see the Kardashians. I pick on them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like the dude that, yeah. like I would rather... Um, I think I showed you that picture. There was that guy that said something about like uh, who your kid knows. And it was like a rapper that's been in jail a bunch of times. And then there was like a very successful doctor kind of thing comparing very different comparison, but it's the same thing. Like ask your, like most women and daughters, they're going to know, is it Kylie or Kaylee or who owns the lipstick or the makeup or Kylie? Kylie. Yeah. She's got like fucking 50 million followers, 250. Yeah. Something crazy. She's like 250. Everybody knows who she is. Yeah. I don't know if she, I mean, she has as much possibility as Chloe, but first billionaire, uh, Kardashian sister. That's wild. And you know what? Kudos to the, the hustle and all yeah. that. I just think like we have to be careful with what we're promoting and the way we're promoting it, yeah. you know? Um, it's crazy. It is. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's go to the next question. We've got one more here, guys. It's, uh, it's from, and I say that all out of love for people listening. I'm just going to totally throw that out there. I think that's very positive, man. I just want to be careful. You know what I mean? I don't want to. Because, like, it's, it's a – I think there is a fine line where I, like, you don't want to – I don't want to put anybody down. Like, yeah. I don't want to say overweight like it's a bad thing. Yeah. It's just that I want to help people live longer, be healthier, be happier, period. You know, that's my goal. Absolutely. So, yeah. That's good. All right. Next question comes from Kay Eastman. It says, when workouts change, how do you know the accurate amount of macros to add for maintenance? Um, basically, I mean, it's based on your volume, you know, like how much work are you doing? I mean, I think this is the, the simplistic answer to not complicate this one. You add carbs as you add volume, you know, like if you're in a diet and you're training, um, or you're at maintenance and you're training and you decide, you know, what, I'm going to go from four days to six days a week. Okay. I need more energy. So I need more calories. What is the, the most important macro for cal for energy carbs? Yeah. going to increase my carbs. How do you do that? <laughs> There's no formula for it. You know, there's not a uh, add 10 or 50 grams of carbs per 10 sets per muscle group per week or anything like that. It's really just like, you know, give yourself a 5 to 10% calorie bump in carbs and see if it works. If it doesn't, do it again. You know, so like if you're... How, how long are you waiting to see to do it again? I would say a week, a week? two weeks maybe. Okay. With that, you shouldn't need to wait too long. If we're talking about performance, <laughs> right, and we're not really talking about losing or gaining weight, you're going to gain a little bit of weight if you add a good amount of carbs because of water retention. But 
if you don't notice that you feel better with that carb bump, you didn't bump it up enough. There you go. Because that's an immediate thing. You eat carbs tomorrow, you should have more energy. Realistically, you know. So everything else is the same. Yeah, exactly. So if I, like, uh, maybe two weeks. So, like, this week I'll go, okay, I'm bumping up volume. I'm going to add 25 grams of carbs per day. By Friday, if I don't notice a difference, I'm questioning it. By Tuesday, Wednesday, next week, if I still don't notice, I'm bumping up another 25, right? Or maybe even 10 or 15, just something. Um, And you should notice that. So I think it's pretty simple. You shouldn't overcomplicate that. Add carbs at a gradual amount as you add volume. Totally. So, All right. I think that's the last one we got. Um, oh, we got one. No, we got one here from our own Ariel Diempert. Yeah, I, I think I squared off uh, yeah. like a bunch of them. So I don't know if we want to answer one or two or some of them are like great. There was a couple that... What, this is a personality question for you. Dope. What is the worst assumption someone has made about you? I kind of have to imagine. Yeah. I don't know if anybody has ever been like, oh, I assumed you were a douchebag. Whoa. And me being like, damn. Nobody's said anything like that to me, you know? Yeah. Um, I have had people say they didn't expect, you know, like uh, – I've had somebody say they didn't expect me to be um, uh, an intellect. Like, uh, you know what that means? Smart. Like, intelligent would be smart. Yeah. Intellect is it's technically smart, but more like uh, you're very inquisitive. You have a lot of information. Not necessarily like book smart, but like you're a deep, you're a deep person. You're intellectual. You mm-hmm. know, you can have like a deep conversation with you. Um, I've had that a few times. So I think like if I had to guess like what, the worst assumption was made of me, it would probably be that I was shallow, mm. meathead, you know? And, and uh, fake. It, yeah. I mean, <laughs> maybe I've heard, I've heard people say that about like people, like influencers. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were about to say, I've seen, I've heard people say that about you. No, I'm like, damn. No, 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 no. <laughs> really? I could see that. But the, even in that situation, like people I, categorize people have like a little bit of recognition. Yeah. Cause I've had people come up to me, when they meet him in person and they're like, holy shit, like you're just like you sound, you know? And I think I never took it like, oh, you expected me to be fake, you know? But I mean, you could look at that and be like, they might think, is he really that way? Yeah. But everybody I've met has been definitely on that page. Um, but I think I, I've had people be surprised because even my neighbors, you know, like I have neighbors where they're like kind of, you know, I've been in situations with uh, like, in-laws, family, friends kind of thing where it's like big barbecue. You know, there's a bunch of people. I don't know anybody except my wife. Yeah. And here comes this, like, it's this actually actually happened recently. The tank top fucking tatted up. I think I like, think I'm like somewhat jacked, you know, young and like get weird stares. You yeah. Know? And like I've had to like sometimes just take it and I'm just like whatever. And then I've had a conversation with somebody because it like I was just being friendly. And then I ended up having a really good conversation. You could tell they go from being kind of standoffish totally. to very surprised and interested in the conversation. Um, and I've also had people straight Judging up tell me. a book by its cover. Yeah. And I get it. I mean, I've had people in my neighborhood do the same thing, like kind of look at me weird. And then once they meet me, they You have they a love daughter me. and a house. And you, first off, it's like, how old are you? Yeah. 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 Because, I mean, there's nobody, at least not in my cul-de-sac. Yeah. Um, I, I had somebody, uh, <laughs> they said it kind of jokingly, but I didn't know how to take it. Like, oh, I thought you were a drug dealer. Like kind of joking because I drove a BMW mm. and I like go on my walks. <laughs> I got like a weight vest on, yeah. this camo, tattoos, no shirt underneath. 
I carry a, a fucking switchblade on the front because there was we, they found mountain lions in the trails. Yeah, dude. So I was like, I'm carrying this big ass knife yeah. on my chest. So when I go on the trail, like mountain lion will still probably get me, but <laughs> I'm not going out with a fight. Yeah, let me get like one jab. <laughs> but uh, but I just I think that's what what would be my my thoughts is like the assumption of probably uh, shallow. Yeah, maybe a meathead or a tool. Yeah, that'd probably be it. Cool. Thank you guys for listening. If you love it, go leave us a five-star rating review. We'll talk to you next time.